Welcome back to the Modern Old School Training Podcast. Today we are talking in-season versus off-season training. It's more complex than you would really think, and it's really simple to fix or to mess up. It has a huge effect on how you train um, going into a season, and then how you maintain all that work that you did in the off-season throughout the season so that you're not having a major drop-off and you're not losing all those effects. Now, anyone that has gone through a season knows that there's a different type of training capacity. You're getting your uh, game shape, as we like to call it, where it's just another level of lung capacity, and you're having to constantly run plays over and over, uh, and there's not that uh, major um, peaking in a performance training where you're doing a drill or a weight workout where you're trying to get that maximum number. It's more about getting ready for the game, and so the training is going to be different because you don't want to take away from game day performance. We're going to break it down into three levels. We're going to talk level three, and then two, then one. So we're going to kind of go uh, from the elite level, the pro in college, and then work our way down all the way into uh, middle school and down, the youth sports, uh, really what to think about and how to manage those year-round training schedules. And so let's talk about level three, in-season versus off-season. So we're talking about a college program. Uh, professional athletes, you have much more structure, you have much more time and resources as, as far as coaches go. So you might have a, a training staff with assistants really monitoring each uh, workout, each drill. But from that in-season, off-season, you know, career longevity and success, let's kind of talk about the differences. Well, I'll tell you what, you said something right off the uh, bat that really is everybody needs to understand is that this is really much more complicated than you might think. Uh, going into the offseason with our pro and college players, it, it depends on where they come from. And what that means is almost every athlete on the planet is doing something 52 weeks a year. And so what we want to do is make sure that we don't just pile more work on them because a lot of cases they're very highly developed. As you mentioned, the pros, they're going to come in and they know their bodies. Uh, one of my current NBA players that's uh, just now joined the program, we have a early on dialogue. And I always ask, tell me what you're – Finding works for you. Tell me what uh, uh, you did that you liked that maybe is not on our program that we can add. Uh, and then we drip it out so that we don't try to crush them the first week of training and have 10 weeks left to go. You never want to go to training camp with dead legs and being tired. Okay, so off-season training in general, uh, just kind of splitting the two up. You have We've talked a lot about the five-day kind of themes, the, the cycles, right. the periodization peaking at the right time. So the intense, let's just kind of talk about intensity as far as we've already talked about how you train during the summer in a previous podcast. So that kind of carries into the off season, but what's kind of the mentality and goal on off season. And then the difference when you said, you know, going into the season, right? Interestingly enough, off season is a, is also a training and teaching time. Yeah. We're going to work out. That's a given, but we're going to teach everything. We're going to teach you all the nuances of different types of lifts, you know, if it's the Olympic style or uh, how to improve the bench press or whatever it is. Uh, we may incorporate more single leg movements that take a little more coaching intensity. Uh, we're going to teach at that time so they can learn how to properly train. And then we just kind of start dripping it out. I use that word again because it needs to be slow in the beginning. And we'll take them through a period of two to four weeks on emphasizing speed and strength. 
Now, the key word you mentioned this time was duration. Our intensity is such that we're always going to go fast in speed training. Go fast. But I may shorten the workout. I may eliminate a few drills, keep the total distance down if we're on the track, because we want to save some for later. So the first two to four weeks is going to be uh, emphasis on speed and strength. And then in weeks four on, we're going to start having by no uh, no choice of our own, we have to add more conditioning, and then we'll do more explosive and power training because that's pretty invasive and can wear you out. Yeah, and so if you're you know going back to the summer comment, if you're getting to that later July, getting ready for fall sports, um, you're really going to be upping the conditioning. Okay, so <clears throat> training camp started. So no matter what sport you're in, if you're in a winter sport, you're in training camp, getting ready for the season, getting ready for the season. So you know you guys come in ready. They come in uh, looking better. Uh, you may have the guys that you can tell guys or girls that really didn't hit it as hard this off season. Right. Uh, and right. so you can tell right off the bat. Now let's, let's talk to our athletes that have really put in the work. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you guys that fell behind later, but we're going to go ahead and talk to the, the athletes and the coaches that they're getting their work done. Uh, so you're coming into the season. You want to maintain, you want, you're feeling fresh. You, you've just got PRs uh, across the board and in, in the weight room and speed, um, you're feeling in condition, but you know, you, you get that game shape going right. and you're, you're training for your sport. And you, so you have a new type of soreness, but now you have to maintain. You don't, you're developing in that, that body conditioning, but you don't want to lose that 40 yard dash. You don't want to lose that PR or that conditioning you had going in the off season. So how do we approach the in season training to maintain, but also, you know, not, not, we want to stay healthy, but then yes. you know, maintain the, the that performance. What we did is a well, as a young coach, I looked at everything we were doing in the off season, and as I said, we're teaching a lot of stuff. It made no sense to me that as soon as the season started, we quit we quit doing almost three fourths of what we were doing in the off season, especially in the running mobility area. And several examples of this: when we were doing combine training for uh, the draft for college players, I noticed how. The Division One players especially would come in. They forgot how to run. Oh, they were great in their football posture or football stance or moving laterally and stuff. They just could not run. So to teach a 40 was everything from the start and big time into the sprint mechanics. All right, along with that same line, uh, I found out as a high school coach, as a, as a head coach, that comment about it made no sense to stop everything. I wanted to find a way to put it into off uh, off season in the in season. So when I was a position coach, I coached linebackers. And what it turned out looking like is like you know what that pro shuttle the five ten five is a great si uh, tackle to tackle lateral linebacker drill. So on Tuesdays in our scheme, Tuesdays we implemented a number of off season drills that the guys knew and they could execute and keep sharp with it. Now, down the line a little bit, I became a head coach at, a, at an expansion program, a private school here in Dallas that had no football. So I had everything. I had seniors who had never played football on down to some sophomores coming out for the first time ever. Um, we just knew as a coaching staff that the wins were going to be slim and none. So what I wanted to do is use these guys as somewhat lab rats to be able to help develop them and try some of the theories. And some of the theories were not such a reach that it was going to hurt the athlete or set us back. But the best example is on our Mondays, as with a lot of teams, is a pretty big conditioning day. And my favorite of the, all of them was the 110s. And we would run intervals where we'd time them, you know, certain speed, certain rest, and repeat that 10 to 12 times depending where we were. 
So what I wanted to do to bring off-season into that is every other Monday, we implemented high-speed 110s, which is an off-season feature. We're running at 95% effort, long rest, and four to six of them. We did that, and that was quite successful. We found our leg speed started getting better, and I wanted to try another little item. So on a Monday, went out, we ran 110s on uh, the interval, the slower 17, 19-second interval, and we ran two of them. Then we ran four at the high speed, 95% effort. Then we said, okay, go back. We're going to finish with two to four of the intervals at a slower pace. So let's say they were running 13, 14 at high speed and run 17, 19 at the interval. They were almost impossibly unable to slow down. It was an awesome uh, discovery and finding because the speed was just starting to kick in. And it was easy to do on Monday, and it brought off-season into in-season, and we improved our speed as the season went on. All right, so you guys are basically playing a varsity schedule with the JV football team, and you're, you're able to test some theories that... Yes. The, the, now, let's go into... Now, those that same team... This is a good topic. So we've, we've kind of moved into level two, guys. It's the, this is the high school level. Um, and really, to a degree, this is kind of the hybrid of a level one and two because right. you have the JV guys who are younger. But you're playing a varsity schedule. and this, this is, We're talking about football on this particular uh, team. But they're, you're playing a JV, JV team in a varsity schedule, and so you're trying to get some, some effects. Now, fast forward a few years, you have the same team, juniors and seniors. You have a full varsity team. How did that team perform um, you know, after a few years of this type of training? Well, I had three years to build that program before I stepped away and handed it over. And on, um, we went zero and nine, then we went two and eight, and then we went four and six, and we just moved up. And that that freshman group had, you know, freshman sophomores were starting to come up. And at the last, oh, I guess it's the parent coach end of the season, you know, the thing you get together with. I was stepping down, and I told those parents that I had predicted that this group was going to compete for the uh, district championship and they made it to the district championship that next year with the new coach and the work we had done and they had uh, carried it forward and the program has maintained over the years a a very high level of play Uh, I think the 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 environment the attitude of the kids was such that uh, they could do whatever they could do anything all right and so if you're talking about an in-season training program whether it's basketball uh, and you have these kids um, that are coming from other sports and maybe soccer or baseball, they're doing a lot of different training, a lot of different practice. And so part of the training program is really about maintaining athletic development throughout the seasons. And so, you know, again, touching on the previous summer podcast and talking about this perfect training situation where it's you have your coaches, you have your weight room, you have time and everything. You have the resources. Now you have the kid that just came from a different sport and they have not been training on any of the types of things that you as a coach would like them to be training on. That's, a, that's one of the challenges that we really look to solve and help you know, provide resources for. And so let's talk a little bit about that year-round hybrid athlete coming in and out of lots of different sports. But what are they working on? What are they touching on uh, on the weekends or in the weight sessions they do get uh, in an in-season program so that they are not falling off? per se, or they're not falling behind uh, with the rest of the team that might have been in a training camp that was not playing multiple sports. Well, th- I think these f- these comments I'm going to make apply to every sport, every level, and in school or out of school, and that is this. 
there are levels of development that you have to pay attention to. Now, my coaching philosophy doesn't mean everybody needs to try it, but it's a good idea, is I really expected my juniors and seniors to produce and be effective athletes. I really accounted on my freshmen and sophomores. If they played JV or were good enough to bump up to varsity, they were developmental. They were the farm team. I, I didn't worry about their wins and losses because if they don't physically athletic develop, their skill level is going to be overshadowed by a, a older player who is physically developed with skill. So I, I, I don't think any, many of us have ever heard about too many JV or junior high coaches getting fired because of win losses. It's the high school coach that takes the fall. But if I can get my freshmen and sophomores to develop and then be able to move into varsity, having learned all the stuff that we want them to learn, then they will be much better in those productive years. And let me just mention this, by the way, some high schools, you know, uh, freshmen, it's ninth through 12th grade. That's high school. Now, I've seen this uh, more than one time that those freshmen are just coming out of eighth grade, and they're still eighth graders for the first part of the year. So you're dealing with uh, uh, some very rudimentary type of um, athletes who need to be taught. But we would hope that this program would drip down into the middle school where those basics can be taught. And that's one thing that we never say. We're going to go back to basics because we never leave them. So that Eighth grader, ninth grader on up has got the repetition of doing the same drills, but at higher speed, and then we add the gadgets and things to make them more difficult. All right, and so getting into the weight room, getting onto the high-speed training, the intensity, um, what are some things, some key takeaways that we're doing in the weight room that we can really leave right now as far as uh, you know, adding to the program, bringing kids in, easing them in from a different season, and... Um, you know, making sure that we're touching on everything so that they're they're maintaining in, in the in season. Right. Like I was talking about. Well, there's there's a thing that we develop called shrink to fit. And so you have this maybe if you're in a great situation in the off season where you can even in summer have like ninety minutes or more to, to work out, you don't get that in season and we know that. So you wanna teach or you wanna identify those basic best movements in the weight room. It's gonna be work with the legs and I, I recommend to divide and conquer. <laughs> You probably can't squat everybody every day, so you can rotate them. So you can have athletes that squat one day, and on the same day, the other half is doing single leg movements. Then when the legs come back up, you can switch it. So everybody is doing something and keeping moving, and the time is utilized so there's no more than one person resting at a time, and they rotate through quickly. As At the same time, you've got to learn to find out what athletes can and can't do. And so, for example... We love, coaches love, Olympic-style movements. They just don't fit everybody for lever length or coordination stuff. But we have partial movements. We have uh, combination movements that will fill in just right to make sure that they develop to the point where their Olympic movements will come along. All right, there's a ton of details we can go into for all these topics and all this training. It, it is never-ending. Now, there is definitely formulas that help and, and work with coaches. But there is so much detail we could go into, and that is all we're talking about today. It was just an overview of in-season versus off-season, and we're going to kind of turn this into a series um, going into each level because we can talk pro sports specifically because you have to remember every level has a lot of different sports for both men's and women's, and sometimes uh, there's only a sport in that men or women category. And so we are going to break it down by sport, by category, and get down into all the levels and the next few podcasts. Now, all these topics come from questions we get online, and so make sure that if you have a request or a, a question you want us to go into deeper, 
just reach out to us. I am on Twitter at DeepSnap, and he is Coach King is at King Training. And you can always chat with us. I'll be online uh, most of the days. I am online on if you go to www.themost.fit. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what questions you have. The app is live, and so you can create a free account now. We have playbooks in there, and we're building out more features as we go. So we look forward to talking to you guys next time. We'll be talking about the different levels for in-season and off-season training.